0: I am the
1: one who knocks.
2: Papa, uh, uh, oh no! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why don't you do something with your life? You contribute nothing to society. Good morning,
2: Vietnam. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Okay? You know my code. Hose before bros. You can't handle the truth. Guys, your girlfriend. Woof.
0: Nobody calls me mad dog,
1: especially not some up egg sucking gutter trash And welcome to my first time where we debate, dispute and discuss a much-loved classic of film or TV that one of us has never seen before. Will we see what the fuss is or just be left wondering what the hell was that? My name is Dan. I'm joined each and every week by Eden Buongiorno. and Aiden Catchphrase. And this week, we are under the simmering tension of the Michael Mann Classic Heat. Eden. Yeah, I believe we might all be first-timers this week, actually, but I think you are technically the one who takes the mantle of the first-timer, so yeah. you must tell us what you knew of Heat uh, beforehand, why you have not seen it, and uh, has it been deliberate avoidance, or just a, uh, just a
2: hole that you needed to rectify? Well, it definitely wasn't a deliberate avoidance. I honestly knew nothing about it. I saw it on the like list of movies, 100 Greatest Movies. And it was there. It's a De Niro and Pacino film. You'd Two heard great of great actors. I'd heard the title, and I think I knew that it was De Niro, Pacino, or at least one of them. But I didn't actually know it was their first big hurrah or whatever together.
0: Well, technically, they had been in a film but together before this. They just didn't have any scenes together. Two. Godfather yeah, 2 yeah yeah
2: godfather 2 godfather 2 but yeah so i i know i just heard the name so that it, that it had those guys in it it was on a 100 greatest movies list i don't know i just never no one ever came to me and said hey man you got to check out heat what a great movie
1: which is fascinating because since we announced that heat would be the focus of this podcast i have had a number of people Expressed to me their like undying love for this film. And I've never heard, I'm like you, I've never heard yeah. anyone tell me I should watch Heat or care about Heat before.
2: That's exactly last the moment. same. Yeah.
1: People were just being
2: like, yeah, oh my God, you're watching Heat? Amazing.
1: Mm. For the listener at home who might be in a similar position, maybe just vague awareness, maybe no one has told them they must watch it. Uh, let's do a little bit of a rundown and then we'll get stuck into. Our thoughts. From director Michael Mann, 1995's heat is a slow burning crime drama of smouldering energy erupted by sporadic bursts of pulsating violence. It's a classic two sides of the same coin story. Career criminal and master thief Neil McCauley Robert De Niro, meets his nemesis in hard-nosed LAPD Lieutenant Vincent Hanna Al Pacino. The two men develop a begrudging respect for each other's brilliance, but both know that they will do anything to achieve their ultimate goal. For McCauley, that's one last super heist, a bank robbery of $12.2 million before he disappears forever with the love of his life. Whereas for Hannah, his goal is to see Macaulay behind bars or six feet under. Macaulay is aided in his heist by a highly competent crew portrayed by Val Kilmer, Tom Sizemore and Danny Trejo. But the crew suffers from an early misstep when they temporarily employ the violent and psychotic Wayne Grove. Wayne Grow's thin skin and trigger finger put the crew under tremendous police pressure. Macaulay attempts to eliminate Wayne Grove, but Wayne Grove survives and begins to plot his own revenge that will lead to devastating consequences for Macaulay and his men. In the film's final stand, a desperate Macaulay chooses revenge against Wayne Grove over an easy escape to freedom and a new life with his girlfriend Edie giving Lieutenant Hannah one last chance to get his man, which he takes. Finally putting down McCauley for good in an airport field symbolically so close to freedom and yet So far, Hannah clutches Macaulay's hand as he breathes his last breath, and the Heat credits roll. Heat was a reasonable success on release, garnering critical praise and, you know, decent box office. But like so many of the pop culture classics examined here, it would be the ensuing years that cement Heat's legacy as a thoughtful and ambitious study of good versus evil and the ties that bind the two. Notably, the film is rich on character study and development for a violent crime thriller, devoting large portions to examining the uh, turbulent home lives of its central characters. The Guardian ranked it the 22nd greatest film of all time and Rolling Stone the 28th. But these critical consensuses mean naught here today, with the opinion that matters being that of the first-timer. So what say you, Eden? Is Heat a scorching examination of the thin line between good and evil? Or just a cold and long-winded drama that needs to be taken off the streets?
2: T- t- top 22nd and 28th film of all time, it was right?
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. You are absolutely
2: correct. Um, wow. That shocks you. It shocks me. I Look, I thought that... It, I don't want to offend anyone because I know that there are a lot of people who really, really, really like this movie. But I thought it was a decent film surrounded by a shit ton of unnecessary bloat.
1: <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's three <laughs> you hours You dying long. to get in there with that opinion.
2: Three hours. For a 1995 action flick. <laughs> did you watch it in one go, Eden? I didn't. No, I, I kind of, I'm sort of ashamed to admit that because I like yeah sitting down and watching it, watching movies in one go and I enjoy slow movies generally, but I don't I didn't realize it was three hours until about 40 minutes in when I was like, oh shit, this is a commitment now. I read somewhere that it was originally meant to be a... Like, it was sort of originally made as, like, a TV miniseries or, like, potentially a TV series. And I think that if it had been a series, then that bloat wouldn't have seemed quite as bad because you would have had different episodes dedicated to different characters. But as it stands as a movie, it is long.
0: Yeah, well, I think the TV show was pitched around in the 80s, like, almost 10 years prior to this film being put out um and it i, I think it probably might have even worked better then, like around the time of miami vice and all these other popular sort of cop shows i guess or um detective things but it, it was yeah i i really found it boring and i guess for me it needed a um A smart-talking black sidekick like Chris Rock or somebody to lighten
1: the (laughs) mood. Martin Lawrence, maybe. Or Danny um, Trejo. Chris Chris Tucker.
0: Any of those guys that were pulled in in the 90s to to lighten the film. So you
1: wanted a comedy and not a a, a serious drama featuring talented actors. Look,
0: Yes. All talented actors. I'm not taking that away. Although Val Kilmer, that's on the fence for me. But um, I just, they were all so depressed. The whole film, every single character was moody and upset. And I was just like, well, what's the point? What is the point in this? Why? What's the point in being the bad guy? What's the point in being the good guy? No one's enjoying it. Everyone's hating. Is it. that
1: not the point of the film, Aiden? What is the point of being the good guy? What is the point of being the bad guy? They're all uh, living lives that are being ruined by their singular mindset,
2: their obsession with the job. I get and that. That, and that, of course, is destroying their family life. I thought that was interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah, but, but I, I, I just was like bored. I was just, I just, I don't like being so depressed like it, it wasn't even really depressing it was just moody like it was it wasn't like i was like i don't know feeling sorry for him i was just like yeah i get it you're moody have take a walk in the sun
1: <laughs> i reckon there's a reason that it didn't work in the 1970s 1980s when michael mann first uh, pitched it as a tv show because back then tv shows because people couldn't record tv you had to watch weekly TV shows didn't have uh, slow-burning storylines that are unfolded slowly yeah. over a whole season. But you so could I, do I'm it today, I'm not surprised this right? one fell apart. I think you absolutely could do it today. And I actually wrote that down in my notes before I read that it was going to originally be t- a TV sh- series. I wrote that I think this would be a tremendous, uh, you know, 12-episode season show yep.
2: if made today. Yeah, completely agree. Like... There were I think one of the things that sort of detracted it for me is like like I like seeing the other side like the family side to both the the cop and the villain but then there were so many other characters like um what's his name val Kilmer's character where they were trying to show his kind of side home life where I was just like well okay great and then there were like a few other home lifey sort of side stories happening and I was like oh Just a bit convoluted now.
0: Yeah. Crowded.
2: (laughs) Crowded. Very good. The last note I wrote was bloated. (laughs) I think that's a very
1: defendable position. I've got to say that I I actually thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I watched it in two sittings. And... I found it quite gripping from go to woe, uh, generally. There was a couple of quite slow beats. I think when De Niro first meets his bookshop girl, they go on an extended sort of date. That was one of the more uh, bloated parts for me, perhaps. But generally, I was really enjoying uh, the the conflict and the drama between Pacino's uh, lieutenant and his third wife and their daughter that was going through some serious trauma. yeah I, I thought that I don't that know I, quite good. I liked it. I, I found myself like tensing up for large portions of the film and uh, I like that I, I liked that it had me on the edge of my seat even though it burned so slowly.
0: I reckon if they had have removed Val Kilmer's character and storyline, everything to do with him, would have made it a tighter, quicker, more punchy film, because I just didn't need another person's backstory, another person's family life uh, in the mix, and it, it would have and just I, yeah moved it along quicker.
2: I completely agree. And I think like maybe that he like his character was kind of unsympathetic compared to both yeah. the De Niro mm. and uh, Pacino characters. Like you sort of you could get on board with them, but Val Kilmer was just a bit. A bit nothing or something in it. Yeah, even the a bit guy too much of a douchebag. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. They even showed a little bit. I thought too much of the guy with the itchy trigger finger in that opening uh, armored Wayne car. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I usually enjoyed his character and I enjoyed the sort of stuff that happened with him, but I feel like that could have just been a bit punchier. It's got a tremendous supporting cast i have to say and look i
1: think de niro and pacino are great in this and it's actually getting harder and harder to remember de niro as a good actor yeah Uh, he's one of those guys that has become a caricature of himself and just sort of Every character he seems to play now is a caricature of the last caricature he played. And, yeah. he, you know, he mugs with his face a lot and does that sort of scowly, you know, lips down thing all the time. And Dan, it, you didn't, it just seems so one note. didn't
0: enjoy his last film. Um, was it was it Dirty Grandpa or um, Bad Grandpa? The War. The War. The War with That's Grandpa. That's the one. I think there was <laughs> Which a I only Bad remember. Grandpa as well, though, or Dirty Grandpa as well. <laughs>
1: There might have been actually but I, I remember the war with Grandpa Because my in-laws decided to see it on their wedding anniversary <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious
2: What? Excellent Excellent a choice A misstep if ever there has been one
1: <laughs> They did not enjoy their evening
0: is <laughs> pretty much the same though these days as well I think he's putting out a lot of that sort of Ridiculous comedy, comedy sort of parodies of himself too. Really,
1: yeah. I don't even know what he's been doing so much. Like, yeah, I don't know. But look, he had some great stuff. I, yeah. like, they're both tremendous actors, and I think you do see that here. Yeah, and then, and, yeah. and their scene, their first scene together, which oh, in the cafe I don't know how the restaurant, far it comes into the film, but it is a long way into the film that the two of them finally sit down they have this scene where Pacino pulls him over and says let's get a coffee yeah and uh, you know they go get go get coffee that's a great scene Absolutely. it's so subtle um I reached out to some of our, our listeners on Instagram for their thoughts and and one of them Jimmy the Snap says some of the best design uh, best sound design in a movie and I think that's on display even in that scene. It starts with the sort of bit of the humdrum of the cafe and then just slowly it fades all of the background sound away until all you can hear is the two of them talking and you just get so drawn in by that and then as their conversation ends, the sound of the cafe fades back up and it's just an unusual editing decision but I... I see that as uh, as part of what uh, listener Jimmy the Snaps uh, was highlighting. Yeah, that's probably
0: true. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I have to say as well, like I thought that the action sequences were pretty freaking great. Like they were brutal sequences. Like the armored car heist, the bank heist, obviously, and then the subsequent kind of chase away from the bank. Yeah, uh, and then of course, like yeah, the sort of airport finale. Um, I thought that, that was some pretty cool stuff in there. Um, there was a
1: lot of love for the bank uh, the bank gunfight on yeah. Instagram. Uh, people really did enjoy that. And I didn't talk about that too much in the summary, but essentially, yeah, they their final heist gets spoiled because Wangro basically tips the police off and they shoot their way through you know, hundreds of cops. Uh, very violent very brutal, I yeah, think, is, yeah. it, is the word for it. I did have one quibble with that scene, though. They they fight their way through to a point, you know, De Niro's picked up Kilmer and they fight their way through to, like, I don't know, like a Bunnings car park or something. <laughs> and then they just drive away and the next scene is them being treated by a doctor. So they've just escaped the scene of a massive police shootout. And I just think that was so unrealistic. Surely there's helicopters in the air yeah. watching their every move. I thought that was one flaw in the film where it just broke believability for me. I'm like, eh, there's no way they're getting out of this. And just to just to edit over it and make you know, expect me to jump with that logic of, yeah, they just got
2: away that snapped me out of it a bit that could be something that uh, would improve if it were a series because you could have them driving away at the end cut and then you assume that some time has passed and then next episode you've got them in the next situation getting healed up by a doctor i think i think a series yeah, maybe would be so. amazing <laughs>
1: I was shocked at the end of the gunfight scene that the film still had 50 minutes to go. Agreed!
0: I thought that was the end, and I was like, oh, no, okay, we're we're still going with this, sure, okay, right. Um,
2: And also, like, anyone else pick up on... uh, Is it Ted Levine? Ted Levine, the, like, guy from Monk and the guy who plays uh, Buffalo Bill in uh, Silence of the Lambs? Right,
0: so... Interesting, you bring up Monk. Uh, I'd like to play a quick little game with all of you. How many TV shows can you name that other actors in the films have been in? Because I was sitting there going, ah, oh, that's the guy from Prison Break. Ah, oh, that's the guy from The Simpsons. Ah, oh. and I'll I'll throw out a couple more too. Um, Entourage, Twenty Four. But wow. what else? What else did you pick up on?
2: I definitely picked up on The Simpsons with Hank Azaria. Yes. Who, who I thought was a bit of fun. Yeah, I definitely picked up on Entourage with Jeremy
1: Piven. I actually wrote down a long list of all the actors I was excited to see. There were so many. Mm. Natalie Portman. She was great. John Voight. Yes. Henry Rollins for you punk Wait, which one was Henry Rollins? Fans out there? Henry Rollins was the henchman to the guy. Uh, so this is this, it's a complex plot, and we haven't touched on this part of it in our rundown. But you know how at the start of the film, Macaulay and the guy steal the s- steal the bearer bonds or the bonds yeah. from the armored truck. Uh, Henry Rollins plays the henchman to the guy that they stole from, who tries to kill them, and then that's
0: know... why he looks so familiar. Yes, I know the guy you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um yeah, well, the other henchman that, that crosses them over um, three-quarters of the way through the film, that's one of the main guys from Prison Break. Like, um, he plays, uh, I think, one of the wardens, and then he becomes in the prison in season two or three, and he's, he's
1: in it the whole way through. Yeah, it's a stellar cast, and yeah. we touched on that earlier. It's a great
2: cast, many great supporting actors... I started getting a little annoyed towards like the end of the film the the amount of times they said the word heat. I feel like yeah, yeah. it was used so many times and it really started flagging with me I was just like heat heat okay stop it now you're just saying that like this is your trailer right every time But it was really heat. good in
0: the scene that we talked about where the two main yes. characters meet and and yeah, he mentions great. you know are, are you ready to go if the heat come knocking, uh, you know, with 30 seconds to get out the door, essentially. Exactly.
2: But then it started becoming yeah. a bit yeah. of a recurring gag. I didn't notice that, but uh,
1: I'd like to... Well, would I like to rewatch it? We'll find out in the scoring. <laughs> but if I do want to rewatch it, I'm going to pay close attention to that, Eden. <laughs> I think what carries the film is that they really leave revealing who the villain is for so late now you know you know who the bad guys are in the traditional cops versus robbers scenario but they make de niro incredibly sympathetic right throughout the film at at one point i wrote down like i I think i'm rooting for de niro here yeah Did you guys feel the same? Were you on Team De Niro for much of the film? Yeah, I was back and forth, um, but I was definitely
0: off De Niro by the end when he's ditching his girlfriend in the car. I was like, you dog,
1: um, I can't believe I liked you, you know? I thought the moment that really cemented him as the villain, which is not till the film's, you know, the the first two hours of the film have been and gone, is when he comes back to grab his girlfriend, Edie, who to this point does not know that he is uh, a high-level bank robber. And he basically forces her to go on the run with him and she's crying and she tries to want to run away and he runs after her and holds her and it's like oh that's really icky i don't know if it was icky in 1995 as much as it is in 2021 but i thought that's this is the moment where they're really now making you go
2: nah yeah al pacino get your man yeah yeah i i completely agree i was i was rooting for both of them a lot of the way through um, and something I really liked. I, are we allowed to say like the ending? It's a 1995 film. This is... Oh, you can say okay, the wait, ending.
0: What? Wait, let's throw out the alarm.
2: Boo! 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 Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, I really enjoyed in that ending because I was still, I was still kind of connected with De Niro. I was still unsure how this was going to go because you can, you know, yeah, the the two leads are very charismatic and you can just totally get on board with them in the end when there is like the death and uh he's dying and they of of de niro i said it in the intro guys i didn't know that part i was keeping it i was just being being cagey i thought i could say it like i thought (laughs) i could get away with not saying it But I, I thought they did something which was I really liked. They held hands, and I really enjoyed that interesting little like mutual respect moment, which kind of called back to the cafe restaurant scene where they first meet, and that sort of like understanding of the fear of death. I, I actually thought that was a really nice touching moment.
1: You know, which hundred percent with
0: you. You know which death wasn't a touching moment. Um, I can't remember the actor's name, but uh, he's the. Uh, Mexican brute in every film he's ever done. Uh, Danny Danny Trejo. (laughs) That's it, yes. His death, where he is in a pool of his blood, almost at the point where he's drowning with the amount of blood that is surrounding him. It's pouring out his nose, his mouth. His eyes are bloodshot. Like, that dude was dead half an hour before um, Robert De Niro entered the room. (laughs) And then he starts... Having a proper conversation with him, like, and they chat for a good ten minutes or so. I am like, how are you still talking with the amount of blood that is in this place? And then the passion of the criminal—it <laughs> was just bizarre. And then De Niro puts him out of his um, misery like he's a dog that he's accidentally hit on his way home from work or something. He begs
1: De Niro to do it. I know,
0: it. but I was just like, that dude is already dead. Like, that's a ghost talking to you right now.
1: There's one moment in the film I'd like to discuss uh, with you guys before we kick on to the scores. And I'll get your opinions on this. And it's a bit of a trope in films that centre on obsessive police officers or obsessive detectives. And that's Pacino's girlfriend has this massive crack at him for being absent in their relationship. I think they're at a dinner party. He gets a call that like these bank robbers have shot three people... Whatever, whatever. So he obviously has to go to the scene of the crime. It's a massive crime. Takes his time and attention. He comes back. It's the end of the night. The party's over. She's sitting there and has a huge crack at him uh, for the way he treats their relationship. And I just was watching it. I, I felt it was like a bit unfair on him. What say you?
0: Yeah, I tend to agree because A, she, would, she knew what she was getting herself into. Like that's his job. He's clearly worked his way up. Um, she must be used to it by that point, and B, you would think you would be a bit proud, I guess. Like you know, you often have like partners of doctors that are rushed into emergency and things like that, and they're always like, ah, you know, at least he's doing good work. You know, I'm I'm so pleased with him. Like, surely there'd be an element of that that where she'd be going, ah, he's saving the world, or at least our town.
2: But no, what did you think, Eden? I, yeah, I kind of just almost wrote it off a bit because of the trope, I think. Like, yeah. it was just a bit too, like, oh yeah, this, you know, she is upset at his dedication to his work. <laughs> and, you know, I can understand her side, I understand the scene, but we've seen it a lot. And, I mean, I assume we've seen it in films before Heat. I don't think that Heat borne the trope. <laughs> It's
1: always a question, though. You just don't know when you watch some of these uh, old films exactly how much of a
2: trope it was uh, before 1995. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I I, I, I sort of just skipped over it.
1: That does lead me to one of my favourite scenes, which is when Pacino discovers Ralph (laughs) in his house, who his wife has decided to sleep with as her way of sticking it to him, and he just has this hilarious scene where this poor, shriveled-up man called Ralph uh, is absolutely emasculated by Pacino, and Pacino is furious, and he says, you can sleep with my wife, you can you know, have sex with her in my house, but you cannot watch my TV! And he picks up his TV and takes it with him out of the I'm house. a
0: man, and I love TV, and you're not touching my <laughs> giant box of a TV. <laughs> it was like
1: 20 centimeters yeah, wide. with the um <laughs> antennas on the top the the bunny ears <laughs> That was a
2: funny moment man oh uh, so good
1: uh, speaking of funny moments tell us about your
2: favorite moment in the film eden uh i i loved the great ass line like it made the entire film for me like I was a bit bummed out. I was sort of watching, going, God, like, oh, it's so long. It's dragging out a little bit. There's all these characters. I'm sort of not vibing. But Pacino's, because she's got a great ass, was so good. Oh, my God. And but It didn't
0: take you out of the film, though, because everything up until that point is so, like well-spoken and serious and tense <laughs> and then he's throwing out some kind of snl like performance
2: <laughs> it brought me in because i was kind of removing myself a little bit i was like i don't know i'm not feeling yeah. it and then when he did that i was like okay maybe uh maybe i can get on board with this a few more great ass lines and uh, i'm in <laughs>
1: It has the touch of the improvised about it because it is so jarring to the rest of the tenor of the film. I wonder if it was just something uh, Pacino pulled off.
2: Yeah, I looked online and it said that I think that it was improvised, if not the whole line itself, the way that it was delivered yeah and that apparently Hank Azaria's reaction to it is quite authentic because he was just like oh shit what's going on like he's (laughs) just intimidated by Pacino and his really odd delivery
1: (laughs) Pacino is very intimidating as Uh, a screen presence they both are really which is you know what makes their their scenes together so rich final thoughts before we get to the scoring
2: I, I I'm wondering between the two of you. Could you say, with any certainty, if you have a favorite between Pacino or De Niro? Big question. Yeah, uh, it is a big question.
0: Films wise, uh, and and just for his back catalogue and things, Robert De Niro. Um, I think I was probably first introduced to him in the Analyze This, Analyze That films. Mm-hmm. Um, which I really enjoyed at the time. I want to say like not too far after this, like late nineties with Billy Crystal, those films, I I really enjoyed those. And he's done heaps of great things since and before and whatever. Whereas Al Pacino, I think in this film was a better actor. I think Al Pacino uh, um, does an amazing job, but I don't know that there's too many other things that I've loved him in.
2: Yeah.
1: Dan? I'm I'm actually a Pacino man, and uh, maybe it's just what you're sort of first exposed to, or the quantity of which you're first exposed to someone. But um, obviously, love Scarface. Actually, really like Scent of a Woman. Uh, I love Serpico, one of his 1970s cop films. Um, yeah, I, I'm a big Pacino fan. Uh, Donnie Brasco, I feel like was one of those first like adult films I saw as a teenager. Um, And he's in that. So, yeah, no, Al Pacino for me, but in their prime, both formidable. Yeah. Eden, uh, what about yourself?
2: Definitely both formidable. I think I started out as a huge De Niro fan when I was younger. And I, like, even movies like, you know, Cape Fear, Taxi Driver, uh, Deer Hunter. They are some wildly good movies. And De Niro is just fantastic. But then just after, like, seeing things like Dog Day Afternoon and finally, like, Getting into those, I don't know, maybe slightly more nuanced performances, or maybe more varied even. Like, I think Pacino has maybe a bit more range, so I think I could be on the Pacino wagon now. Mm, Mm. The additional
1: range puts him over the line in your book. Well, it's two to one for Pacino. Uh, What say you, the listener, I wonder... Hit us up online if you want to vehemently defend. Speaking of vehement uh, defenses, well, this one wasn't a defense, it was an attack. Your wife, Aiden, was furious <laughs> at us for some of our diehard opinions or lack thereofs. Uh, she viciously attacked us on Instagram for not pointing out what a crap husband he was. Yeah. And she, she thinks we've failed as uh, men who might consider themselves feminists. Well,
0: I got attacked literally when I hung the headphones up and turned the microphone off after recording with you, she's like, Oh, how was the podcast? Um, and I'm like, Oh yeah, it was good. she goes, I, of course you talked about how much of a terrible husband he was, didn't you? And I was like, sorry, what? And then at that point there were tables flipped, knives thrown (laughs) around the room. What? What? What do you mean you didn't mention? And this rant went on for longer than the podcast. Uh, She
2: got
1: the children out of bed and put them in the back of the car.
0: (laughs) You call yourself a professional podcaster. Look at your father. This man is not a podcaster. He doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) Yes, um, it was uh, quite the point of contention in our house. And yes, she turned to Instagram for a a giant essay there to... um, give her thoughts as well I'm not going to read through them you can find it on the I'm... oh you've got it there
1: <laughs> no no I just was going to say I, I encourage all of our listeners to head to our Instagram and, and look at her rant for some uh, <laughs> oh, some actually some impressive thoughts maybe enough to one day convince her to get on the podcast but let us talk no more of Die Hard that's like two weeks ago. let's get to the scoring of Heat we will return after these messages When muscular pain means you're losing, even when you're winning, try the soothing warm relief of mentholatum deep heat. Deep heat. When rheumatic pain makes you wonder why you bother, try the soothing warm relief of mentholatum deep heat. Deep heat. You can feel the warmth deep down, penetrating, the pain fading away. Buy the large size and save. Okay,
2: it's time to hit the scores. Cultural significance, Eden. Putting it out as a two, apart from the great ass line, and I don't know if I've ever heard of that before. I don't know. I, I don't think it's got like many quotable moments. Uh, it's not. I don't think been referenced in the Simpsons a bunch of times.
0: <laughs> Therefore, um, fair
2: enough, Aiden?
0: Yeah, I, I'm going lower. I reckon probably only one. Like the Eden's right. None of us had seen it, and we do a podcast about films.
1: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's harsh. I, I do see the, the... I can understand its place on these lists, but yeah, I think it's probably a bit of a film nerd movie and more than it is in the general zeitgeist. I'm going to have to give it a 1.5.
2: Returnability, Eden. I'm actually going to give it a 3. I feel like... Maybe Mm. if I watched it in five sittings, it could... (laughs) As a TV series. As a TV series. I'm just going to chop it up. I'll re-edit it and upload it online. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going three. Aiden, Yeah, one again. I'm not going back.
0: I might, if it's on and it's real close to the great ass scene, that's about it.
1: (laughs) I'm going to give it three and a half the sheer length of it is daunting uh for any return viewing but like i said i was thoroughly captivated at times and would i watch it again yes
2: especially if i could show it to somebody else who like me hadn't seen it i'd actually be keen to watch it, it, it with someone who already loved it as well maybe get their kind of uh, so they can
0: sit there and point out things to you and go oh whoa, oh, i love this bit oh he's oh, oh, oh you're gonna love this bit
2: yeah, exactly. Then we all say the great ass line.
0: <laughs> and high five.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and then we can just end the movie. Partner friendliness, Eden. Did you watch this one with Kirsty? I didn't. I didn't. And I don't think it would be Kirsty's bag. I'm, I'm going to go 1.5 for partner friendliness.
0: This is a straight zero for me. There is no chance you're watching this on a date simply for the fact that it goes for three hours. Uh, There's no good female characters in the film. It's moody the whole way through, relentlessly, depressingly moody and angsty. It's not a good date film. Unless you're into 50-year-old men. Maybe you're into... That's your thing. You know, you've got a crush on your dad or something. Like, that's (laughs)
2: that's
0: the only reason you would enjoy it on a date level.
1: Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) In a sense, it's... Look, it's not a date night classic, but I do hold to the fact that great cinema, any great cinema, is potentially good on a date night Uh, if you have uh, a partner who appreciates uh, fine fine cinematic films, fine performances. But that said, the length of it, uh, it's hard to get through at once, I would think. Uh, I'm going to only give it... uh, I'm going to join you, Eden. 1.5. I can't go any higher than that. iPhone test? What's that you, Eden?
2: I'm going to give it a 2. And I feel like it, I might be a bit generous. I feel like I was on my phone a fair bit. But I was looking up stuff from the film. I guess when there's great performances on screen, I'm not looking at the phone. But then I felt like there were some slow times.
1: <laughs> some dips. Mm. What would you say? What number? 2. I'm also
0: going to give it a two. Um, I think if the film was shorter, I actually probably would bump that up to a a three or even a three and a half. But because of its length, like I got stuff to do. You committing to three hours without checking my Instagram to see who's liking my latest pick? Like, come on. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, nah.
1: I'm going to give it a four point five. Whoa. Gripped. I told you I was gripped. I did watch it in two sittings, not because I grew bored, because I grew tired. I knew I couldn't watch another hour and a half and also get through the next day unscathed at work. Like, I barely looked at my phone the entire film uh, at all. I, I found the action compelling and the drama riveting. <laughs> all right, let's add up these numbers and come back with a final digit or two.
2: We'll return after these messages.
1: It is time now to recommend things in the pop culture realm that we are currently enjoying. I'm keeping the time tight. There's no
2: waffle in this segment anymore. We're back to the 20 second timer. Eden, go. I'm currently enjoying the Apple TV series Foundation based on the books by Isaac Asimov. Uh, it, I, I've heard that there is some P, some Ten fans. Oh, damn it. I've heard that there are some fans who are a bit miffed because it's not quite exactly like the book. But it's a pretty visually stunning show with some interesting characters. Time build. up.
0: You didn't even say what it was. It was a TV show. It's drama. It's a TV know He said Foundation,
2: based on the Isaac Asimov books.
1: <laughs> Go.
0: Okay, I'm recommending a YouTube channel called Emos Not Dead. Um, where I guess he's a comedian, sort of, and he has uh, terrible scenarios where he becomes an emo kid and then there's cameos from all these famous emo bands from the 2000s and Tony Hawk. Time It's incredible. It's funny. Hilarious. Check it out. He, he got other things in so after he, this you, time. Then.
2: Control
1: yourself, you two. You're taking extra seconds. All right. Am I timing myself or is one of you stepping into the breach as timekeeper?
0: Oh, yeah, because that'll be unbiased. Yeah. Eden, crack out the clock. <laughs> okay
2: okay, hold on, give you don't don't okay, hold on, hold on, hold on.
0: Give him ten yeah, seconds to find the to
2: find the clock. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty seconds, right? Twenty seconds. And your time starts. Now. <laughs> I'm recommending the podcast Bad Women. It is a
1: look at the victims of Jack the Ripper, who are widely just disregarded as prostitutes by history. But the podcast brings uh, apart their lives, pulls apart their lives, and explains in great detail how society contributed to their deaths.
2: Oh, He's gone before the buzzer. That's impressive.
1: Just a couple of extra seconds of silence for the listeners just to ruminate on what I said there. Uh, all right, let's get back to the podcast. All right, the numbers are crunched. The digits are grinded. And it is time to announce Wait a second, that... Wait The digits are grinded? I'm not sure we should use that yes. phrase. It's... It goes with the numbers are crunched. It's, uh, it's are you d- the two sides of the same whose coin. Whose digits are you grinding? Sounds odd. Well, you, what? Whose digits don't you grind? <laughs> do you not grind digits? Um, no, not not on a regular basis. It's probably how partner friendly do you find digit grinding? <laughs>
2: Eden. Oh well, yeah, it depends on the digits and how much you're grinding them. Really, like. <laughs>
1: Uh, it's a score of 23.5 for Heat. Very mediocre on the My First Time scoring system. It puts it below classic films such as Jaws on 28.5. Puts it below Rambo, which was also in the high 20s. Puts it above Marie Kondo on 17. <laughs> and gives it the exact same score as the music of Enya. <laughs> So Enya and Heat sit together forever on the My
2: First Time Scoring list. I am so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear, those poor people who love this movie. I'm sorry, I... Well,
1: one of one of our listeners, and in fact, one of our guests previously, Callan Vanstone, uh, Adelaide filmmaker, wrestling fan, if you want to go back and find that episode in the archives, said he would not talk to us if we disparaged this film. So, Eden, I think your
2: friendship with Callan is hanging precariously tonight. Yeah, I think I, I think I got a phone call to make before this episode goes out. <laughs> oh, dear.
1: Well, it is my turn to be the first-timer. And like you boys, I've picked a couple of things off the Empire Top 100 Films of All Time list. I've got a musical theme to mine. Okay. Nice. My first option for the listeners to decide on Instagram on the Wednesday after this podcast goes live is Whiplash from 2014. And then it's a long way back in the DeLorean to my next choice. The musical classic, Singin' in the Rain.
2: Awesome. I'm excited really about that.
0: I really thought when you said musical theme, we were going to be doing high school musical.
1: Okay. <laughs> no, that's throw me a bit. I think that was 101. Uh, really yeah, high that makes sense. yeah, yeah. yeah just slightly just out of missed. the bracket. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued by both. I'm most intrigued as to why they had to drop the G off singing and put an apostrophe there to make it singin' in the rain. I'm, I'm really hoping that if our listeners choose singin' in the rain that that becomes clear to me in the course of the viewing. Oh, absolutely, yeah. To no, make it cool for the kids, point. I
2: presume. <laughs> All right, final words, boys? I said, heat is is a fine film. It's just got a lot of other stuff in it that doesn't need to be there, I feel. Okay, you're just trying to save your friendship now, buddy. I'm sorry, Callan, I'm sorry.